on this episode of What You Wear, and we are gonna. We're what are gonna, we gonna do? We're gonna talk about what else? Fashion. What else? What else? Talk about short sleeve shirts. Ooh, what else? What else? We're gonna have a vocabulary as always, and hot looks, and power player, which is gonna be who? Linda Evangelista. That's right. The queen. William, we are in a studio. <laughs> Finally. We're like adults now doing like a podcast. It's a real thing. Yes. And um, I wanted to say yeah. that uh, when getting ready to do this, I realized that I do a lot of weird gesturing while I record this podcast. Well, as we do. Yeah. So if. Um, See scratching like a I don't know what's going on. <laughs> There's a scratch you gotta itch. It's it. gonna work out. Ooh, ooh, don't start. We're starting diff- there. That's a different episode. Is that where we're starting? <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, how you been? I can't complain. I've been good. I mean, we're good now. Look, this is like the next week we're doing another podcast. I know. I mean, we're pretty this amazing. Is, this is the shortest between episodes we've had, like back to back. I I I think it's it is, I think yeah. it's a sign yeah, of good things good to come. Sign. Speaking of good things to come, yes. I was at South Coast Plaza. There's a little shopping mall in Orange County. Yes. Not little. Very thin. I went into this store called Moina. Have you ever heard of Moina? How do we spell that? M-O-Y-N-A-T. Moina. I don't know that. And Moina is this amazing French company. It's very much like Goyard, Louis Vuitton. Okay. Their whole brand was about creating trunks for cars. So you have oh. to curve back, and they worked with all these auto manufacturers. It doesn't matter. So my client oh, buys okay. this fabulous little evening, clutchy kind of cool bag that looks like a jewelry box on a little string. It's fan- fantastic. Handmade, okay. like beautiful stuff. And they sent it to us, or we picked up the package, and they gave us this big newspaper kind of a thing that was supposed to be a newspaper from the early 19-teens. Okay, as right? like wrapping? As just like as a t- uh, as a catalog, basically. Oh, okay. And so the cover story was the opening of their factory, and then it had pages in there talking about a man making a big Moina order, and then it mm-hmm. had like fashions from, the- and it made me start to think of collateral and paperwork and catalogs. So right. in the nineties and early aughts, I don't know about you, yeah. well, but you I used to it. get these like books and books and books in the mail. Yeah, and you know, if if you're growing up as a kid, it was kind of your porthole into the fashion world, you know. Right, and when you got to that point where Louis Vuitton and Bottega Veneta and Dior and all those people were sending you the catalogs, you're yes. like, "Now I'm on their list." Yes, you felt accomplished, yes. Right? And mm-hmm. there and all that's really stopped. I mean, Bottega Veneta does some really fun cool mailings, but they're, you know, very abstract. They're like W Magazine, right? Like those W Magazines where like there's like a picture of Christy Christy Turnington's eye uh-huh. and a brow and some horrible haircut, one earring and half of a shoulder and she's like, "Oh, Oscar de la Renta Tool gown, seventeen thousand. I'm like, what gown? We see a shoulder. Right, but I feel like in the back in the day they were like trying to sell to you, whereas now I feel like they're trying to sell you the lifestyle of the brand. They're for sure trying to sell some instead mood. of like, you know, outfit page outfit. It's just. Well, how are they more. expressing their brand now? Because before we used to get their brand that way, and now I feel like the only way we're getting their brand is through Instagram and through 
digital? Like, how are we actually? Because they'll send me like, but take a banana every three days. Sends me some stupid email that's like, oh, here's our lookbook. It's like four horrible, unwearable. I don't want looks. I just don't think it's as impactful the way they're doing it now. Like, you, you, it doesn't stay with you as long. I right. Think. And we're not saving it. Like, in the old days, you'd take an image, you'd rip it out, you'd put it on your vision board, uh-huh. you'd put it on, right? And or you'd, like, mark happening. things you wanted for yourself or for clients. Do you think it's going to go back? I think so. I think I think a lot of what we've been accustomed to that we've lost, it's going to swing back, I think. Well, I'm getting ready to do a baby shower in November for one of my clients up in... San Francisco, yeah, and I insisted upon paper invitations, absolutely, which feels like so controversial. But you know what, we're doing it. And I'll say this: my sister just threw a party uh, for my. I told you about my niece graduating yeah. to college, and everything was via email. And that's when people are like, "What am I supposed to wear? What's the theme? What right. time is it?" And it's it's like, on the paper. Look at the invitation. So it's like I just think you can hold people better accountable when it's something tangible. Mm. I think. Well, we'll see if they listen to us. Well, you know, people do what they want. These they days. Might. <laughs> now, speaking of listening to us, I was getting. Um, I w- I couldn't do this naked. Like normally, we're at my house. I'm naked. Right, right. But here, since there's like a camera on, I thought I need to put a shirt on. It was hot, so then I, you know, and I don't know what you're laughing and shaking your head at, Eric. I look good naked. There <laughs> are some people in the right. He's so judgy. <laughs> judgy jo- for being like Jolina. this average Joe chunky monkey over there and calling me anyway. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, I had to put on a shirt and it was gonna be warm. I wasn't sure the temperature here in the studio, so I put on a short sleeve shirt that's uh-huh. like a cotton linen blend, quite cute. It's that Rails brand, which I like that stuff. So okay. I just bought a little stack of them. Okay. What do you think about short sleeve? Uh, I like short sleeve. I like it to fit correctly. Oh. Um, uh, you're a perfect example. Yours is fitting. Okay, good. But, you know, a lot of people still think they can just buy something off the rack, put it on, and just go to dinner or go to the party. It's like, no, you need to go to a tailor. Or you should just get the right fit or cut. Is or that Tommy Bahamas floral? Like I really I have this one floral shirt that I bought from J Crew, but uh-huh. I just feel like I can never go to Trader Joe's wearing it. Oh, because no. people are gonna ask me like where the butter is or something. Joe's. Like, excuse me, sir, I'm all no Where's uh, the no milk? do not start asking me anything. <laughs> all right. Now tonight yes. we have a very special treat. Ooh, what are we that's doing? creaking. Um, we have a very special treat <laughs> what is that? because yes. I had to do it for February because you're doing the power player. I am. Oh, here we come with some fab you, Larry. I can't wait to hear. All right, so for vocabulary, I found this amazing term that we use all the time, and I wanted to get to the bottom of what it really means, and that term is fast fashion. Yikes. Okay. Fast fashion. Fast fashion is defined as replicating recent catwalk trends and high fashion designs and mass producing them at a very low cost very quickly. That's how it's defined, okay? So here are a few things about it. So now when you think of fast fashion, the main big brands are H&M, Zara, ASOS, Uniqlo, like those people. And then there's some conglomerate companies that produce those in other ways as well. Now, some people think there's a lot of other brands that do that, but fast fashion's really referring to copying runways. Yeah. Right? So there's H&M copies a lot of trends from the runways, but I feel like Cost, which is an H&M brand. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And Other Stories, which is also an H&M brand. I feel like those two brands have their own thing going on, mostly. Hmm. So they have their own design teams and their own thing. Right. 
so they're not necessarily copying from the runway. Right. They might be copying ideas or concepts, but I th- anyway, I thought that was kind of an interesting yeah. point. So it really started in 1963 what? by a guy by the name of Armonico Ortega. And he is the founder. He founded the Zara concept in 1963. I didn't realize Zara was that old. Well, in the 1990s is when that man moved. He opened up a store in some town in Spain. I wrote it down. Okay. Don't remember the name. And um, anyway, (laughs) 1990s. And so he moved to New York City in the 1990s. And that's where he built Zara. And you know what? Fun fact is he's, from what I understand, is one of the wealthiest men in the world. Yeah. And what his wife does, she buys the high-end, she buys it, Hermes, Valentino, Chanel, blah, blah, blah. And then she has the actual piece, and then she can give it to her her team. Horrible to think about that. Anyway, I just think there's like no design integrity, but whatever. Right, Um, right. So one of the things I thought was interesting, too, about really the roots of fast fashion is before World War II... So World War, World War II was a major drain on the resources of the United States. So World War II led to standardization of styles where people would they'd make a shirt and they'd make a bunch of those shirts and then people would go to a store and just buy that shirt versus having a custom shirt made because mm. they didn't have the same amount of fabric and time and all of that. Gotcha. So that's really where um, people began to just purchase things off the rack. Like up until then, people were going to dressmakers and they were having these made by dressmakers or small shops. And that's why when you go to vintage stores, there's not a brand oftentimes in the garment. There's more like Fran's Dress Shop, Wichita, Texas. (laughs) I'm sure there's a Wichita, Texas, but Wichita, Kansas, um, which I thought that was also quite interesting. Yeah. Um, then um, there in 2020, fast fashion was 25.1 billion dollar industry in the United States, and wow. sorry, in the world, in the world. Wow! And by 2030, they expect it to be a 192 billion dollar industry. Wow! One last little fun fact about there is Stella McCartney and Vivian Westwood have decided to counteract fast fashion with something that they are calling. Wait for it. Slow fashion. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Get a marketing team together. You are slow. both too creative. Slow fashion does not sound like something anybody wants <laughs> yeah, to buy. Want to rebrand that so slow fashion. And the other thing that's interesting about slow fashion is there's this whole. I, so I, you know, I do a lot of research on Wikipedia when I'm working on this stuff, right. and it is so slanted that there's a note at the top of it like, "Oh, you might want to check out this information." So there's <laughs> all of accurate. this lobbying and all this against fast fashion because it's so hard on the environment and hard on workers and all of that. Mm-hmm. But they really talked about that slow fashion is elitist in that only the wealthy can afford it, so therefore only the wealthy are influencing the future of style. And I'm like, that is so dumb. Because really, well, they're every trying des- to justify the fast fashion uh, part of it. I, but every designer looks to the streets. Yeah, they go to the clubs, they go to the subway, they yeah. look around them. Y- yeah, yeah, and that's where they're designing from. Yeah, I mean, some people like Tom Ford go to the you know the, the old or the vaults of Saint Laurent to copy everything. <laughs> and there you go. Okay, Tom, go. I see you, Tom. I see you. <laughs> it's gonna be a very uncomfortable interview when he's on the show. Just saying. <laughs> Yikes. You're going to be pointing at me going, he did that, he did that. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. so that is fast fashion, which is really a lengthy discussion we can have at some point, but yeah. that's fast fashion for I, now. Wow. All right, now, have some hot looks. Okay, let's do it.
All right, you get to My um, hot look was from fall 2022, Tom Brown. Mm. And what I do love about Tom Brown is that he takes traditional menswear fabrics like houndstooth, tweeds, um, uh, chevrons, menswear fabrications, and then he mixes them into sometimes more feminine directions. For example, the opening look of the show was one half of the jacket was... um, Glenn Platt and one side was Herringbone. We're gonna and have to cover what Glenn Platt is and what Herringbone is and what all that is. But yeah, yes. I'll do that. So it's two a, different suit I'll fabrics. do a plaid situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's piped in white. And what he did was piped like, means that, that piping, all the trim of the jacket is in white. The, he uses all these advanced I'm words. I mean, the lapels you know. down the front, around the bottom, around the cuffs. The lapels, the collar. Yes, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then what he did, what was really cool, is he took from let's say co- collegiate. Environments like the grain ties that are part of the uniform, let's say Harvard or Oxford. What he did was he took that same fabric and lined the inverted pleats of a kilt and put it on oh, a kilt. I love that. And then yeah. he, and this is on a man. Then he put that with a chunky, chunky cashmere sock and a slight heel oh, that laced Tom. up the front, kind of, kind of like visually, kind of like a uh, ice skate. Okay, Tom. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's it's twist, it's twisted. Uh, I don't. How do I say this? Um, tradition. That's the twisted word. Twisted tradition. tradition. All right. Yes. Well, let me tell you. There's a Tom Brown store at South Coast Plaza. Not to reference back to that again, right. but there is. Right. So if you ever want to go and pop and see that in person, I was quite mesmerized by it. They had really? this beautifully tailored men's jacket that they cut for a woman, and then they trimmed the entire thing, mm-hmm. hyped, as you will, yeah. in pearl. And they were small pearls, oh, pearls. and then little small pearls oh. all the way around. And they weren't, they were attached loosely on the edge. They were, it was... I wonder what it's, it's like at the dry cleaners with that. Though. You don't dry clean that. You wear that once, and then you <laughs> give it to your housekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait till our listeners see the visual of this look. I mean... Because it's, it's out there, but I, it's... it's yeah. Naveen <laughs> will make sure everyone sees that yes, right away. Absolutely. All right, so my hook looks, I had two. Okay, okay, so the first one is Natalie Portman. You know, I like Natalie Portman. I do too. She seems nice. I was in an event with her once that she hosted with her husband, the dancing guy, the ba- the ballet choreographer guy. Oh, she's still with the guy from Black Swan? What do you mean still? Yes, they were love. Well, there was a scandal. Like, they met on set, and it was a whole thing. There's always a scandal. Okay. Anyway, Natalie wore... Anyway, at this party, there was like 180 people, and during the party, she walked the entire party while we were having dinner and thanked me for coming. She, like, comes to me and says, thank you so much for coming. I'm like... Uh, okay. Oh, wow. I tried to get her phone number at that moment. She said no. She's like, okay, that's That's enough. like a line too far. She's like, I said um, So she was at the <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder, which really does sound more like a Thunder Down Under situation, but Thor Love yeah. and Thunder premiere in London, and she wore this red strapless mini dress. I think I saw From that. Dior, with a matching red headband that was really channeling her in a Frida. Yeah. And it was just... Pretty and fun, and just like a nod to the superhero with the headband. It just yeah, kind of worked yeah, in like yeah. a very cool way. Yeah. So everyone is doing the European movie premieres again, and I am there for it because I mm-hmm. feel like the Americans are riskier there. They are. And I say that because Brad Pitt showed I love up. Everything. No. He, yes. No. Brad I, Pitt I'm showed up to the all. premiere of 
uh, what's it called? Bullet train. Yes. In Berlin. Yes. In a black linen skirt suit. Absolutely, yes. No! Absolutely, it was sloppy. Yes. It was like well, Angel Bull and Easter. That's what it was. It wasn't uh, Angel Easter. It was a designer car. No, but it was like deconstructed, kind of beyond the Thunderdome, you know, post apocalyptic. Hans Nicholas Mott <laughs> is the name. Post apocalyptic. He's in a movie premiere. This I is know, not. It's like, but it, it looked we're like. We're talking about it. It looked like Trans Les Mis situation. It was like, what trans is happening? It was, I, you should see it. And he looked like, hey, I'm here. I got paid. I don't know. But I, that's what's so cool about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I'd make me happy when I saw him. Did you? And then you wearing all those uh, suits, all one color. Now, you might ask if I have such bitter things to say about it, why was it a hot look? Yes. The reason it was a hot look is, number one, he is fine. Still, okay? yes. And number two, it's a hot look because I do like a guy that's going to take risks and try something new right. and to just express himself. He might have actually thought that was a really cool thing. And it I was. did wonder if he was wearing underwear under that skirt. Probably not. Probably not, right? He's, he's, I hope he's he freaky that way. Together. I like him and Jen. Jen who? Don Dawson. Jen Dawson is my friend. Aniston? Aniston. No. Yes! He's too cool for her. She's She's cool too. Do not watch the morning show because she is amazing. Anyway, next season's coming. Okay. Can't wait. Anyway, so those are my hot looks. Nice. After your hot looks, which means you're now up to what? Power player. Power player. And the power player is Linda Evangelista, the Who? original. Linda Evangelista? Who is that like the pose people, like the house of Evangelista? No, that's where they got the house name oh, from. Oh, they stole it from her? Did yeah. she know? Well, how does that work? I Did she even approve it? How, she can't, how you can't approve when someone uses your name? Well, if someone said House of Clark and they started running around looking like a bunch of fools, wouldn't you go and say something? I'd be upset, but I'm not the only Clark on the planet. Well, we would for sure be I based on you. I <laughs> we both know William. True. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Linda Evangelista. She was born on May 10th in 1965. Wow. In Ontario, Canada. She's 70? No, bad math. No, Hold on. No, 50. No, no, no. She's 50. Wow. <laughs> Seven, Math scale. 56, something like that. <laughs> She's one of three uh, siblings. Her father worked for General Motors, and her mother was a bookkeeper. Her mom noticed her fascination with fashion and, and, and girly, girly things and put entered her in her teens, 15, into Miss Teen Pageant. Now, wait. So she had two sisters or two brothers? Uh, I believe it was one brother and one sister. And were they both fine, or sh- they were just like average, and she turned out gorgeous? I don't know. I mean, that's I always curious this... to me. Like, oh, I mean, unless those two turned out to be doctors well, or scientists, I don't you know think they're in a, a family. Wal- ever... They're like at a Walmart right now, going, "I hate myself." Like, no, but I... I don't think people in a family, everyone's gorgeous or everyone's ugly. It's like it's. You don't think? It's, Very no, rare to see an ugly draw. family with one beautiful kid. A lot of times, if you see models with like standing like with their family. The one that's like the big model, they kind of stick out and it's like random, but that's mm-hmm. just, you know, the way it goes. You're such an optimist. I try to be. <laughs> so she entered that uh, pageant. However, she did not win. Mm. But there was a scout from Elite in the crowd. Oh. And that changed everything. She got signed with Elite in 1984 and moved to New York. She quickly became the chameleon of the catwalk and many, many, many beauty campaigns. So 1984, she was 17? 
You know, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. Right, uh, she was born in 1957? 65. 65. And what year was it? This is 84. Oh, 19. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My math goes, I'm normally like really good at math. I don't know what's he happening normally right really now. really is. <laughs> it's like super annoying. I'm like normally like annoyingly good at math. What's wrong, Eric? Don't look so sad. Eric's frustrated tonight. Do you see Eric being sad? Aww. Wah. Wah. See how he almost cared? That was cute. <laughs> almost. Almost. Don't care. Sorry. Okay. So in 1988, famed visionary Peter Lindbergh asked Linda, just randomly, and probably, you know, you just ask random questions of people that you work with. Yeah. She says, he says to her, why don't you cut your hair? And she's like, what? So she looked at him like she, he was crazy and was like, no, I don't think so. But she was just becoming a name yeah. for herself. So she's like, I'm not cutting my hair. So one day she had booked a job with him, P- Peter Lindbergh. She showed up on set and she's like, "Okay, I'm ready to do it. Let's cut it." He's like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. What? What?" He's can like, I can yeah. I just inter- interject with something? Yeah. I I had a hard time getting Peter Lindbergh and the Lindenberg. I really had those collapsed for a long time, so I thought that Peter Lindenberg was this, like the photographer was the same guy as the blimp. Anyway, <laughs> I really I was like, wow. And then I was like, oh, there's a guy. Oh, he's a photographer. Oh, okay. Yeah, blimps, blimps. And photography. Wow, <laughs> it's a diverse portfolio. It's very important in the eighties. So Peter was like, wait, are you serious? You know, and they were about to shoot a campaign. They had the concept, blah blah blah, all set up. And he's, she's like, yeah, let's do it. So the hairstylist that was on set, Julianne, took her hair into one ponytail, just took a pair of hair shears and just snipped it off right there on set. Wow. And I'll have to find pictures so you could see. There, there's images of... Like <laughs> William said, I'll have to find. That means Malveen will have to go find No, no, images. no, no. I'll find it. Uh-huh. I'll, well, I'm a freak like that. I'll find it. Okay, but good. there's images uh-huh. of the cutting. And you could see, like, frame by frame that she's like, oh, my God, what do you do? She starts crying. And she couldn't believe it because she had, you know, beyond her shoulder hair length hair. Wow. So th- that was a major moment. But the cool thing about that is, and it teaches you how to step out of your uh, comfort zone, her cutting her hair like a boy is what made her a star. Mm. Because I really don't it, ever think I knew her with long hair. I, I think I saw one, cut. when I was in college, I saw one Valentino ad when she has long brown hair. I love that you can remember like the ads. and like Oh, yeah. Them. Yeah. Well, I remember that ad because I had a guy that I was in pattern making class with, and he was from Canada, <laughs> uh-huh. and he was like... This girl from Canada is so amazing, and he'd show me pictures of her. I'm like, mm, I don't know. But then, if she, she just had short hair, I'd be so into her. She cut her hair, and everything changed. Everything, changed. everything changed. So she began to be called the chameleon because she was able to convey so many characters in different periods of time. So she basically was a visual actress. Mm. You know, she you know she she evoked different characters just from images. So uh, I actually was lucky enough to meet her in 19, I want to say, 89. Yeah, 89. They were doing a, Elite had done a calendar of all the girls with Elite, like all the top girls with Elite. And my friend Alvaro was the illustrator of said calendar. So that's how I met Nice Linda, Naomi, and blah, blah, blah at that moment. Touche. Touche, touche. And uh, so our paths met, uh, crossed again, Backstage at Chanel in Paris in 1991 because Miss J was one of her coaches for the runway. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so that's you know that's how I saw her again. But I think for me personally, her, the greatest collaboration she ever had was with photographer Stephen Mizell. 
that and it was Steven, those two together were like a dynamic duo. When the images that he captured of her were like, he was able to bring out the actress in her and the fantasy of all these different all these different characters. Didn't Herb Ritz do a couple fabulous shots of her? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she's she's shot with like the best photographers, like Irving Penn, Francesco Scavullo, Herb Ritz, Bruce Weber. You know, the list goes on and on. She's, you know, she shot with everybody, but her images that she did with Steven were, like... Amazing. Magic. And he was able to get um, sirens, screen sirens out of her, like Ava Gardner and Sophia Loren. Uh, Linda ushered in what was called a supermodel. Mm. Well, she was part of that group, right? She was part of that group. But the person that, and I didn't know this, the person that kind of championed that was Gianni Versace. Because Gianni Versace was the first designer that started using print girls on runway. Well, and he was the first one, if I remember correctly, that horrible movie that Ryan, what's his name that did it? Ryan that, Murphy. That Ryan was a, Murphy. It was good. It was okay. It was so dark. I but guess he did get murdered. Like, it's pretty dark. Yeah, but, but like, that was what But happened? I think that what they captured in that was that they were paying top dollar. That's the other thing that Versace oh, yeah. this did. Is they the were really top, like, we're right. going to give you 10 grand to walk. Or, mm-hmm. And at the time, that was an exorbitant amount of money. Because the models weren't even supposed to have a name or a personality before that. And that's the thing. They, they were starting. That was the first time that they were starting to be almost the stars. Mm-hmm. Like if, whoever you could get for your show started to dictate how good your show was and who wanted to see it. Right, photography of God. Right, hence supermodels. So the original group was Linda, Naomi, Christy, Cindy, and Tatiana. But then there was a smaller group. Tatiana, Patiz. Yeah, I don't yeah. know who that is. You know if you see her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then the smaller group of that was the Trinity, which was Christy, Naomi, and Linda. Uh, Linda felt most herself when she worked with Dolce and Gabbana because of her Italian roots. Ah, so she, evangelista. So, yeah, so she uh, did all of their runways. She did all of the campaigns. And, of course, Steven Meisel was the photographer of said ads. Uh, she was the first model to successfully cross over into the realm of runway print simultaneously with her agent, Piero Piazzi. In 1987, she pe- appeared in The Most Unforgettable Woman in the World, a Revlon commercial shot by Richard Avedon. Like, oh, wow, that was... That's Revlon. major. I mean, for, you know... A Lipstick relative... straight to Walgreens with, like, a $100 million budget. I just can't. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, in an interview uh, for American Vogue, October 1990, she said, and this is the quote that she can't escape, we, I, we don't get up for less than $10,000 a day. And I'm sure she said that kind of jokingly, but people were like, can you believe she said that? Yeah, but don't you feel like I like Naomi meant that? I mean, well, I mean, there was some truth to it, but I, I don't mean, think she was. They saying weren't it charity in the, walking, like, oh, I love your design. Sure, I'll do it for five hundred dollars. Well, sometimes they did shows for trade, like if they really believed in the designer, like mm. John Galliano, Alexander McQueen. Oh, okay, if they believed in the, their work, they'd be like, I'll do the show. Do you don't have to pay me, and that elevated the brand. Wow, that's very important for especially some of those brands starting. Right. So that same month, famed hairstylist and colorist Orbe dyed her hair platinum blonde. That I remember, too. So by him doing that, that started that whole color change where she would do red, dark brown, light brown. Like, you never knew. People were waiting to see what colors her hair was going to be. when she. I didn't know Orbe did all that. He has that fancy packaging for all of his hair products. Yes. Mm -hmm. At Beauty Supply, Mm -hmm. just saying. Mm Mm-hmm. 
1991, there was a rumor that she was paid $20,000 to walk in the Lovin show, which I believe probably is true. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like a handbag. Because a lot, if you use a big name, that helps elevate your brand. Well, Lanvin needed people to watch the show. Let's face this it. This is also the first, this was when they were uh, awakening the old school Lanvin. And Alvar Alvaz, this is, I think, one of his first seasons, so they were trying to, you know... Get something going on there. Bring it to the forefront. Uh, I will never forget, and you probably remember the canard ads that she did. Canard? The canard, it's uh, K-E-N-A-R. It was a huge brand <laughs> kind of... I said canard, like the cruise line. I'm like, is that cruise line? What was she doing, laying on the lanai deck? <laughs> they were ads, what, what they were, were ads, like, she was like this beautiful... Uh, Sicilian beauty in the middle of very senior women. No. You don't remember that? Mm. There were huge billboards in Times Square. Yeah, I wasn't there. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, Kenneth Zimmerman, who was the president of the company, said it increased their sales huge. I can like, imagine. Huge, 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 huge. And where is she now? She's in New York. And she just did that whole thing on Vogue, right? Yes. Which we talked about last week, because we are on top of our stuff. That's right. I almost used a swear word, but I didn't. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. We're keeping her rating. I'm so proud of you. I love her. She sounds amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, she she was just, she decided to retire in 1998, and t- she decided to do that in the French Riviera. So I guess if you're going to retire... That's one I place want to do it in the French Riviera. And Monaco is a fabulous place to not have to pay. Monte Carlo is a place to not have to pay a lot of taxes. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, mm-hmm. let's go say hi to her. I where? think we should just travel down there and go visit her. Where? She, but she's not where we want to go travel to. She's in, well, I love New York, but she's not in the French we'll Riviera We'll go anymore. find her. We'll go find her. <laughs> All right, I love that. Linda Evangelista. Yes. Very good. And that is our power player. The power the, the power, power of that face. Love her. Okay. Now, yes. we have another minute here before yes. I just say Tell me. one last thing. Oh, what is it? I heard, I heard the that there is a new show on Hulu that's a Victoria's Secret documentary. Yikes. Which is going to be scandalous. Talk I'm about sure. a dark story. Fabulous, I'm sure. And very interesting. We've talked a little bit about Abercrombie and like a little bit about that brand. I feel like there was something we kind of touched on it's with very, him. Yeah, it's, it's dark. He was it, a part of that... Um, what was that big uh, sex trafficking ring? The woman. Oh, the guy that just got the Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, what was his name? It's like horrible. Yeah, like um, that. They're kind of they're tied together. Really? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. He's the doing guy that. that booked all the girls for the Victoria's Secrets. They're it's intertwined. For sure. Anyway, it, on that horrible negative note, well, it's not I negative just suggest TV true. watch it. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Make your own judgment, your own opinion. We are not representing Hulu or any people involved in this process. Please listen to us, which you're doing. You've made it all the way through, so God bless you. Yes. Like us, follow us. Please. What do they have to They have to like us and follow us. Share. Oh, share about us. Share. Share. Tell your friends. <laughs> and we will see you next time on What, what You're Wearing. wearing.